Shoe the Dough podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. It's time to do the show. I mean, Shoe the Dough with Aaron and Danae. Stream me on Mixler every Tuesday at noon, central, or available to download later on your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Time for the show to begin, so let's listen in. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, here's Aaron and Danae. Welcome to a special Shoe Review episode of Shoe the Dough. Uh, Aaron and Danae here with you, although not in the same room for once. No, I'm actually at my house today. Nicely done. Playing hooky. Can you consider it playing hooky that you're my partner and you already knew about it? <laughs> no, I don't think it's playing hooky. If it is, then I play hooky every day because I work from home. So I think we're I think we're both kind of in the same boat today. The hooky master. Uh, we're going to play uh, an interview that we did with John Steingard, the lead singer from the band Hawk Nelson. Had an absolute blast with him and really excited to play this for you. We played some of this interview on the radio show, so maybe you heard a clip from there. One of my favorite parts of talking with John was really getting to uh, this understanding that we share a common background with woundings from the church and he has a really chill approach to kind of changing culture. So I'm really excited to share this interview with you guys. I love so much of it. It was it was an immediate thing. Like as soon as we started getting into it, we were talking about deep stuff, which I love when that happens. Uh, it is the full unedited raw interview with him. It'll start right at the beginning and, you know, go all the way to the end. So <laughs> That's a really good point, Aaron. It's not like an hour-long interview where we're talking about his favorite movies and his favorite <laughs> Music Not that there's anything or... wrong with favorite movies. No, there okay. isn't anything wrong with that. <laughs> no, this is, you're right. It was deep. It was meaningful. And it was a lot of fun. So here it is, our full conversation with John Steingard, lead singer from the band Hawk Nelson. Hope you like it and enjoy it as much as we did. Danae, of course, we need a transition sound effect to get to the actual interview part. Can you, uh, can you help us out? Sure. <laughs> Hello. Hey, it works. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I got to this page and I was like, I think that's all I need to do. Isn't that's it strange? It. You're like you're putting your name and going, wait, then what? The bad it's thing so is clear. it's then up to us to see that you're there and click. And I think, was it last <laughs> week we did this and someone sat there for like 15 minutes? He was like a regular <laughs> guest on our podcast. We just didn't see him there. So he's <laughs> like, like, oh, how long has he been there? Yeah. Guys, hello. <laughs> so where are you guys located? We are in Springfield, Missouri, uh, okay. deep in the heart of the Ozarks, and we are in a bunker in the basement of my home, which is where our studio is, and we run our wow. mor- our morning show out of here and a few podcasts and some fun stuff. So, yeah, we're completely independent of kind of like a flagship station. So okay. we just we have a syndicated morning show that's on about seventy stations across uh, the U- U.S. and Canada, and uh, and then we do we have a a podcast empire that we're trying to build empire <laughs> good for you guys you no, guys are fun. hustling i love it yeah we are that is the definition of what we were trying to do dude uh, i love it i get it um i have a uh, in addition to the band i have a like a video production business and wow. so like you know the, the the hustle life i i i know what that's like what yeah. is the video production stuff like well i got into it by accident um I, I directed a music video for Hawk and and uh, I just did it because I had a specific concept and I knew I could execute it and then that has led to a lot of other opportunities. Um, so I do a lot of lyric videos. I do a lot of like corporate stuff now. Like I have a healthcare company as a client. Oh, how uh, cool is that? That's fun. It's really weird because I like I go to their office and it's like ultra corporate <laughs> and I'm like I'm walking around going like. This is what I was trying to avoid when I got into <laughs> being in a band, you know. <laughs> but I feel like I get to do it on my own terms, so it's all right. That's that makes it all the better because yeah. then you can go into those environments and not be te- like you're not tied to. Yeah, it. and they look at me as like the kooky like film guy. Mm-hmm. So they're like, "Oh, we get it that you're like, you know, I don't have a suit. Like I'm not wearing. I, you know, I don't. I'm not wearing a suit." <laughs> It's yeah. like, it's okay that you go in and you know can't converse high tops and well it's almost like a, it's almost like when you're like a creative you know quote unquote I'm a creative they, 
They give yeah, you yeah, all exactly. this they permission. They give you latitude. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think hipsters are the ones that are trying to like merge the line between creative and then somewhat professional looking. <laughs> is that what the hipster yeah. movement is? I think that's part of it because right, somehow somehow they're able to, there's the style of hipster is able to kind of blend in with corporate. Yeah. It's really interesting. I get that. Uh, and I, I feel like for some reason, like I figured out a couple of years ago, I'm like, oh, wait, just because someone's like a VP at a corporate job, it, like they might be just making it up as they go along just as much as everyone else. I totally oh, agree. I can guarantee they, you we're all just they making totally it up. They <laughs> are. Yeah. yeah. And so that has given me confidence to go like, oh, when I'm in a meeting with these people, like, like I might be insecure about my position in the room, but every single person is insecure about like that yeah. they want to keep their job. They get prom- they want a promotion. Like everyone, everyone is thinking stuff like that. It's so. various degrees of fake it till you make it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> At least that's what I think. The older you get, I think the more your eyes open to oh, totally. we're, we're all just an adult version of our kid selves trying to figure out what the real world's like. You know, like it's completely. Just, yeah, you, you go through life thinking. Uh, I don't feel like I've completely grown up yet, and that must be a problem with me because everyone else seems grown up. <laughs> That's but right. They feel it too. You know, they do. That's exactly so. right. We don't talk about that weird stuff. I mean, I nobody know. wants to have that in a corporate meeting. Hi, my name is Danae. I'm feeling awkwardly self-aware uh, today. Um, I just <laughs> yeah. want you to know, I, I don't know if I'm doing my job 100 percent right, <laughs> but thanks for coming. It is funny though about vulnerability, like. Like, if you're vulnerable in those situations and just admit, like, oh, yeah, like, like admit something or, you know, that you feel vulnerable or whatever. When we're vulnerable, it feels scary. But when we watch someone else be vulnerable, we interpret that as courageous. And so it's like, you know, I think it's good to encourage yourself to be a little bit more vulnerable. I completely agree with you. Absolutely. Well, Jonathan, how's your day going so far today? You doing all right? Speaking Great. of vulnerability. Yeah. <laughs> You had a good morning Great so far. Good. I'm uh, I'm on the I'm on the West Coast, so it's uh, it's uh, oh, it's bright and early. Eight a.m. Yeah, I'm I'm a morning person, so I've been up since about six. But I thought I heard birds. The birds and oh, morning yeah. birds are chirping. Uh, <laughs> um, Do you have a morning routine that you like to? Since you're a morning uh, person, yeah. I uh, my wife sleeps in a good bit longer than me, and so I have a couple hours of quiet in the morning where it's just me. And uh, you know, I make some coffee. I might catch up on some emails. I've been, uh, I've been doing. Um, I've been taking Spanish lessons. So oh, nice. Uh, I, I kind of do. I do my like Spanish stuff in the morning sometimes. I haven't done it yet today. Whoa! Why? What made you want to learn Spanish? Well, I live in San Diego. Uh-huh. And, yeah. Um, yeah. It's real helpful to know some Spanish. <laughs> Absolutely. No, so, I totally get that. Uh, yeah, and like I don't know, I just I love it. Um, aside from the practical side, like the the it's good exercise for your mind to learn a new language. Are you know? you, are you using Duolingo? You got it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sweet. It's it's amazing. Isn't it great? <laughs> it's so awesome. I was going to ask Rosetta Stone. I guess I'm like old school. Mm-hmm. Like Rosetta Stone is the thing that a lot of people use, but yeah, Duolingo is the new Stone. thing. Duolingo is kind of like the new hotness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I was going to ask you about um in in by the way, let's let's start kind of, you know, talking about who you are, where you come from, all that kind of stuff. And I was thinking sure. about, you know, uh originally from Canada, am I correct on that? Yep. And you are. now you're in San Diego. Tell me about like the culture difference of, you know, starting in the great, you know, north yeah. And then now living in Southern Cal, like that seems like a like a big shift. Because in my mind, it's like the frozen tundra, <laughs> yeah, to the warmth of I know, California. I know. <laughs> Whenever I say Canada, I think people get uh, this picture in their heads of you know uh, dog sleds and igloos, <laughs> and uh, and so I think I always think that's that's pretty funny. Um, but uh, man, in some ways, it's really different. Uh, but in other ways, it's kind of similar. Uh, I mean, obviously, weather is nothing the same. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but you know, Canada, like, growing up in Canada, uh, I'm a pastor's kid. So my dad, you know, I grew up in church. My dad's a pastor. And I, um, I definitely was raised in an environment where, like, culturally in Canada, it's, it's pretty post-Christian, like, post-church. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if you go into your high school and you say, I'm a Christian, like, that's really saying something, you know, like, 
there's going to be a lot of people that are like, whoa, that's weird, you know, like because it's not the norm. I think I think uh, you're seeing that in the U.S. now too. The U.S. is moving towards a post-Christian culture. Well, it's super regional. Uh, like I lived in Tennessee for a long time, and um, in Tennessee, like if you say I'm a Christian, people will say, "Well, yeah, I mean, so am I." I mean, like right. I'm not Muslim. Yeah, in the Bible I have Belt, lungs yeah. too. You know? <laughs> yeah, and, and so, but California is much more like Canada in that way. So California here, like my wife and I lived in L.A. for a while. And when we lived there, it was like, if you say you're a Christian, it's again, you're like, you're saying something, you know, because you're on, you know, we were in an apartment building where we had, you know, there were, there were, uh, um, there was a Muslim family. I mean, there was uh, like a, there was a gay couple across the hall from us. There was, I mean, just, you know, like people from all over the world. It was such a melting pot of people and cultures. Um, And it's funny, I really expected, you know, to, to get a lot more pushback when i you know came out as a christian so to speak (laughs) yeah uh but uh man i felt really respected in that environment um you know of course everyone's quick to be like well you know that's good for you but you know right yeah yeah Uh, but i don't i don't know it i i continue to be amazed at how jesus is able to speak for himself uh to a larger degree than i think i give him credit for that's a great point I love that point. Um, and and there's just so many situations where someone would ask a question. Like Jess and I, my wife and I got married pretty young. And we were about to hit 10 years married. Uh, and and people in L.A., that freaks them out. <laughs> because they're like, what do you mean you've been married for 10 years? Like, like that's insane. Why would you get married so young? And but you're like, not well, elderly. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. So, and is this your first marriage? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. So, uh, and it just gave us an opportunity, and people would go, you know, you and Jess just seem so solid. What's that about? And you know, it would give me an opportunity to talk about how, you know, really like we feel like our marriage is built on more than just like what can you do for me, right? Um, That's good. And so that ultimately left to con- you know led to conversations about God and our faith and stuff, and um. Anyway, so that, you know, that so may people have been are open. more of an answer than you were asking. No, 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 that's great. So it sounds like people are, because I think a lot of times, especially when you're locked in the, the Bible Belt, you know, which we are regionally, you get the idea of, you know, non-Christians as being very judgmental of Christians. And, you know, that immediately if you say, well, I believe the, the Bible thing and the Jesus thing is true, that you're going to get a lot of kickback on that. And I feel like it's it's cool for you to say, you know, when we've expressed that to people who don't believe the same way, there's, you know, a simplicity there and a curiosity there and a kindness that can be there as well. I think that's important for us to remember yeah. that it's that not everybody, even people who don't believe the same way we do, um, you know, not everybody sees it as this big culture war where they're always having to attack or be under attack. Yeah, and I definitely see a lot in uh, in culture right now, especially in Christian culture, where it's like, you know, this feeling of like, we need to take our country back. We need to take our culture back. And I, I, I kind of go, well... Like, you know, I read the Bible and it looks like things are going to get worse, not better. Yeah. So I I don't I don't feel like we were ever promised like a Christian nation, you know. No, in fact, God was kind of against it when we would mention it, you know, back in the Old Testament. He's like, no, it's not the way I have it planned. Well, and I, I just go back to like the kingdom of God works opposite to our conventional wisdom sometimes you know like or or a lot of the time yeah and so i i look at that and i go man i think that like god's kingdom thrives under difficult circumstances because i mean you go to china where there's persecution against christians and like you, you know like the church is blowing up there like people are hungry for god because they know it's real and it's subversive to their you know their culture and and I guess over here in North America, the thing that I keep coming back to is, like, like how many times have you been convinced of something by a Facebook rant? Like, like you were like, you know, I felt this way, and then I saw someone's rant on Facebook, and I went, you know what, you're right. <laughs> you know, like, I haven't been convinced of many things by, by the, those means. Sure. But how many times has someone acted in kindness in my life, and then I've felt like, man, I really think. I need to think about that. Like, yeah. So, so I, I feel like we can, when it comes to evangelism or talking about Jesus or culture or like our faith, 
like let's lead with our actions you know like oh you're speaking our language now you that's, really are you know, yeah. I, I feel like that just speaks and and that's what i mean when i say jesus speaks for himself like if you if you let you know god's unconditional love like seep into your heart and then and then let yourself respond to that in gratitude and go well man i'm so grateful for what i've been given like yeah how can i how can i let that pour out of my life in practical ways like how can i serve people in my community like in real ways not just like hey uh here's a brochure about jesus you know like i don't know i think that i just think that like speaks volumes it does because there's a when i became a christian um there was this element of freedom where i realized that he saved me because he i am supposed to be who i am that's not mm-hmm. necessarily supposed to shift like right that wasn't yeah. an accident it's a lifelong journey of self-evaluation and that was happening before i was a christian and it certainly totally. continues to happen now that i am a christian but there's a super super amount of freedom where just by be by me being myself and being an unconditional love recipient and showing other people how that works in my life and not worrying about all the rest of it just impacting my immediate environment Mm -hmm. that can be exactly what someone needs to experience there's been several experiences too like when i first became a christian i didn't tell really many people um well i told my friends they all rejected Mm -hmm. me so i had that experience aaron yeah Yeah. you know where i it was totally misunderstood Mm -hmm. um but when i got my like a job i didn't tell anybody at my job anything about me Mm -hmm. and Two years later, someone finds out that I was a Christian and it could not compete with them because my personality came first and mm. they met somebody who was non-judgmental and was just okay with life and, you know, laughs. It went a- against their preconceived notions yes. of what a Christian was. And yeah. therefore, uh-huh. God was allowed to speak to them through that because I didn't lead with, you know that part of that part of me so it's it's been an interesting kind of shift that was you know many years ago now but it reminds me what you're talking about it's about cultural culture change and kind of relaxing and letting god just do what he's going to do and not freaking out i feel like that is like such a huge thing for me right now like um like i i i'm trying to figure out how to turn this in so like we're starting i'm starting the process and writing a new uh album uh, for hawk and well, I'm kind of in the middle of it, but I'm always sort of asking, like, what's the bigger picture? Like, what's the bigger idea that, like, is going to be over this whole season? And, uh, you know, one of the ideas when you said the word relax, that's one of the words I've been thinking about a lot recently. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, so we're saved by grace, and uh, no amount of works is going to increase God's love for us. Um, so we're enough there yeah like it's done right it's like we're enough so then beyond that like like and then the idea marrying that with the idea that like jesus speaks for himself and then going wait like maybe we just need to freaking relax here right because doesn't (laughs) it seem like like culture comes in as like here's your to-do list i know i know it really does and but that's that's not i mean to be fair that's not just christian culture I mean, you know, you talk about entrepreneurship and thinking about like, oh, the hustle, the grind, you know, like, mm-hmm. like uh, across the board, both in the church and outside the church, we're told to do more. Um, and I don't, I, I mean, I'm a huge believer in work ethic and, and you know, like, and getting out there and, and making things happen. I really am a believer in that. So I'm not, I'm not coming against that. But I think in our hearts, like we have to find our identity and our value in knowing that we are the person that God made us to be. We're in the process of being redeemed and that's okay. You know, like it's like a tricky thing because uh, just personally where I'm at right in this season of my life, actually like in the last week (laughs) of my world, I've been working. So I think I've been a Christian for 10 years now. I think Mm -hmm. I, I didn't ever write it down in a journal. I probably should have. So I think it's about 10 years. Since your mid-20s or so? Yeah. Okay. I feel like for the last 10 years, I've been working on erasing my identity mm. so that I could understand like God's truth because yep. I had spent most of my time trying to build up my identity. And then quite suddenly, it's like, yeah, but I feel like God needs us to be confident 
in our gifts and our talents yeah. so that we have that boldness to get in that room of people like we were talking about earlier with the entrepreneur thing and go, yeah, I might not know the exact plan that God has and I'm going to be flexible in my moments, but I do know that I do these things well and just like get into that groove. Mm-hmm. That's sort of where, yeah. where I'm trying to kind of get to where I know I can hustle when I have to. But I want to hear. I want to hear God speak, so that if it's if it's hustle time, I'm good. If it's relaxed, let go time, I'm good. Yeah, that was a I huge revelation for me. Was that you know, and I, I I've been a Christian since I was a kid. I too, my dad's a pastor as well, and I grew up in the church. You know, every time oh, the doors, yeah, every time the door was open, <laughs> and we can bond on that level. But um, yeah. but that's been a process of my my learning as well. Is I got this idea that God would call me to something that was beyond or different than what I was good at or available now. Like He's going to call me to be a missionary, even though I have no interest in that or possibly the sure. skills to back it up. But you know, that's that's how He worked. And really, His design for us isn't a oh now you're a Christian, let me you know put you into my mold. No, it's like from creation. He yeah. had an intent with you us. Got it. So who we are, it was a process of learning that who I was made, like what I love, what I'm good at, that all that stuff was intentional and that mm. I should, you know, follow that journey with him as he revealed to me how that intentional stuff fit into me. Mind That's blowing. so good. Yeah. Mind do blowing you know, stuff. Um, do you know uh, We Are Messengers at all? It's or, not striking a, a, a they're, bell. They're a band. The band. It's kind of like one you know guy, them. Uh, but it's a band name. They're, uh, he's from Ireland. Uh, he's kind of a newer artist. We played a show with him the other day, and we were just talking, and I just made a comment, like, he was just, you know, he was encouraging me, and I was sort of, like, downplaying, you know, like, because sometimes I don't know how to take a compliment, you know, I'm like, right. uh, that's awkward, uh, do I, yes, I am great, thank you, <laughs> um, you know, and so I was sort of, like, trying to, I was trying to sidestep the compliment a little sure. bit, and be like, oh, you know, well, like, you know, it's, uh, you know, God's doing it. It's not really us or mm-hmm. whatever. And, and, and I'm, and I do believe that, but, but he challenged me hard. And this is like the first time we've ever talked. And he said, he said, listen, when God made you who you are and he gave you the gifts that he gave you and by downplaying those gifts, you're doing a disservice to what God did when he made you. And I'm, he's like, I'm, he's like, I'm not saying you should be prideful. But I'm saying you should rest in knowing that God did give you good gifts and there are good things about you and you can own that. Yeah, it's like tricky, um, like a humble, It's you humbly receive, yes, it's true, mm-hmm. I am doing, I, I am operating in my gifts. Yeah, you can be good at something and it's still not about you. Like yeah. you're good at yeah. something for a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I just, I, I really like, I was struck by that and I was like, you know, just thinking about how I feel like often in Christian culture, especially we're like, we're like, oh, we're so... We're so unworthy. I'm just a little worm, and God is this big thing. And and there's an element of truth to that because we are small and He's big. But I think sometimes we take that to such a large degree that like God's up there saying, you know, like, yeah, but I redeem. I I'm I'm in the process of redeeming you. You're saved by grace. Like I am making you more than that. And uh, and we still need to recognize that it's Him, but. You know, I think that we can take a hold of, of, like I had this realization recently that when Jesus died on the cross, he didn't just take our place, but he gave us his. And so really like we can walk in confidence knowing that like we have, we have a place in the kingdom of God and, and as if we had lived his life, Mm. a perfect life, um, and so, like, it's sort of if like he's giving us our place, then we can walk in confidence, and we can yeah. know that we didn't earn that place, right? But it was given to us. Um, it's kind of like and, discovering your power and authority in a totally different way, and really yeah. respecting that we are weapons in a great war, and your weapon is your awareness of who you are. And if you keep denying who you are in God, then your effectiveness changes a little bit. Totally. So yeah, the the battle might be to always try to die to yourself, but it doesn't mean die to yourself and reduce yourself down to nothing. It it means don't think for a moment that when somebody has a shift in their spirit and they come to an understanding of Christ that that was because you did something very very specific. It's because God worked through you. So, you know, yeah. challenges like that through life, but you know, I've been really meditating on uh God specific armor. 
I asked a friend of mine who was really going through some crazy hard stuff recently. I was like, hey, when you close your eyes and you imagine your armor, like the armor of God, what does it look like? I'm very mm. visual. So I always see my my armor and it kind of shifts. Imagine and that, a creative person who sees things visually. <laughs> it's amazing. And so it's gone through these different phases. You know, I feel like when I first saw it, it was the ridiculous armor that you see in museums, you know, uh-huh. all the paneling and shininess. Like the World of Warcraft, like, yes. you know, huge, you know, Massive shoulder blade. shoulder yeah. things. Um, and then there was like this ridiculousness to it. And it was yeah. it was more then I actually went through martial arts. And so I was like, OK, maybe, Whoa. you know, mine is more like monk style armor, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, or I'm just in this cool robe and I have this staff and uh-huh. I'm super aware of my ninja skills. And then it kind of turned in, uh, into that perfect leather jacket that you can put on and it provides you protection but you can still move fluidly in it and mm-hmm. and then and then it was like adding a little panel over here where i need some protection so anyway all of that to say for me it's just a a strength and understanding that not only am i aware of my gifts my talents what god is asking me to do so that i go to battle every day and make a choice to get up in the morning and go to battle just by just by waking up and speaking you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah there's that and then there's being aware of how he's made you to be a warrior and then going into kind of that visual. Totally. That's, that's good awesome. stuff, man. I, who knew we, we should just start like a theological podcast, the three of us together. <laughs> who knew we were going to spend the first 20 minutes talking about this, theology. This could all be really fun and, and potentially influential for album. Think about that. That's right. I know. Because I know. there's I'm, so I'm much absorbing there. absorbing all this stuff. Then you'll yes. just, you just have to put us in the credits, you know, Aaron <laughs> yeah. and Danae, you know, helped with this album. Did we, Aaron? Uh, hey, <laughs> listen, we? I'm just saying. <laughs> God, I'm not saying it's me. I'm not. I'm saying God is working through me. That's all I'm saying. You know, I'm not saying it has there anything to do with, you're, with you're, me. You're steeped in the philosophy we just talked about. Oh, that was really good. So, thank you. you well, let's talk. Used it. Yeah. Well, you know, that's that's the next part of theology is not just talking about it, but actually <laughs> using it in your day to day life. Uh, Jonathan, let's talk a little bit uh, about you personally. You mentioned you're a pastor's sure. kid. Do you feel yep. like the way you grew up in a pastor's home in Canada, whatever, how did that influence your journey? Tell us about those you know, first stages of your journey. Yeah, I mean, I think there's been seasons and phases for me. Like, um, uh, and initially growing up, like all my musical education was in church, you know, uh, growing up playing worship songs on worship teams and stuff like that. And then... Um, Definitely being a pastor's kid for me was a mixed bag. Uh, I mean, I love that I grew up in it. I mean, the fact that my parents are still together and my wife's parents are still together, I mean, I feel really lucky even in just in that. It's an amazing that's, blessing. That's Yeah, that's not a given. And so um, to grow up in a loving family and a, and a family where I learned about Jesus, I mean, that's that's awesome. Like, I can't complain about that at all. I think the the more difficult side of it is that I got to see kind of a lot of church nastiness growing up, um, and like some of it directed at my dad. Um, just you know, you when you're when you're pastoring a few hundred people, I mean, there's going to be a few people in there that don't like you, uh, or mm-hmm. that don't like what you're doing, or whatever. And so I got to see some like behind the scenes sort of church nastiness that left a bit of a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, um, and so. I spent a lot of years processing that and, and going, oh, like I love I love God, but man, church is a drag, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so I, I think for me, there's been a lot of unraveling uh, into my adult years. There's been a lot of unraveling of what what Christianity looks like, what faith looks like, what a relationship with God looks like, what relationships with other believers look like. And um you know, I I think I'm finding a, a lot more uh, of a connection with smaller groups of people rather than big churches. I mean, we still go, we go, uh, we go to church. I mean, I'm gone a lot on the weekends, so actually going to church on a Sunday is really hard for us. Um, we do it when we can, but I find that my wife and I feel so much more connected with other believers uh, in smaller groups. Like we'll, you know, go out you know, for coffee with some friends or for dinner with some friends and kind of end up talking about what God's doing in our lives. And um, I feel like those are the times where I feel like I'm like, I I get this feeling sometimes where I'm like, this is, this is 
this is church for me the way that the that I think it was supposed to be for me. You know what I mean? Um, I share that with you. I just want you to know I'm over here going, yes, that is my <laughs> yeah, life. And, <laughs> you know, uh, obviously, like, uh, I think sometimes we all run into people that, that feel like going to church on a Sunday morning is like a checklist thing that you have to do in order to be like a healthy Christian. Mm-hmm. And I think just being connected with other Christians and being challenged and growing and learning, I think that's the thing that matters. Yeah. Um, and I think there's any number of ways that that can look. Um, well, it's just like, obviously, it's just like know, in like, life where you go, if you, if you're going to a counselor and you're saying, well, I'm going to, I'm going to a counselor and, and then people are just like, oh, okay. And they just calm down a little bit, but maybe you're yeah. not actually getting anything from your counselor at all. It's I just know, a cover know, statement. So it's yeah. like, yeah, I go to church yeah. on Sunday, but you know. It doesn't necessarily, yeah. you know, mean the same thing for everybody. So totally. I get you. I get you. So that's that's kind of been my journey as a pastor's kid. And and recently, like, um, I th- I've gotten a lot closer to my dad as I've gotten older, uh, you know, being married, um, uh, you know, like thinking about starting a family, I think, re- you know, realizing how much my dad sacrificed for me, uh, yeah. you know, those kinds of things. For sure. Um, you said the musical part of you started in church. Like, did you play guitar when you were growing up? Like, where I did, did you play pick? guitar? I started. Well, I started. I wanted to play guitar, and my parents made me take a year of piano lessons before guitar, and I was not happy about it. <laughs> um, but they said, you know, piano is a good place to start, and honestly, they were just completely right. Um, they, uh, you know, I'm I'm really grateful for that year of piano, and and now like I write on the piano a lot. Oh, um, interesting. And uh, I, I just find it to be like a bit more of a pure representation of what's possible in music, and because everything's like right there, you know. Yeah, Whereas all the in notes. Guitar, it's like it's like oh, I'm gonna do these chords because these are the ones I always do, you know. Like the worship it's chords. To, it, yeah, it's easier to go to your go tos on guitar. With piano, you can kind of you know expand a little bit easier. That's smart. I think that maybe your parents will really like that section of the podcast where you make sure to mention that they were right about the piano. <laughs> yeah, they were right about a lot of things. <laughs> I like that you're in that reflective part of your life as an adult where you're at this sort of stage where you're looking at them, not just as parents, but as these like valuable uh, wells of information and you can kind of relate well, to their yeah, story I'm differently. I'm not going to have them forever, you know, like they're, my dad's in his, they're, they're in their early 60s and. They're both healthy, so I have no reason to believe that, you know, anything's going to happen in the super near future. But, you know, they're getting older, and every uh, they're up in Canada, so I only see them a couple times a year. And when you only see someone, like, twice a year, uh, the the gradual thing that happens, uh, you see in, like, stop motion. So it's like, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll run into them, and like, oh, you seem older than last time. Yeah. Uh-oh, you know, so... <laughs> Uh oh, you're just, great. You know, what you happened? Just become aware to like, you know, especially if, if I only see my family a couple times a year, it's like you just you. It's a little bit more precious than it would be otherwise. So absolutely, it sounds like we're yeah. kind of in the same stage of life. I mean, I'm older than you, I think, but uh, I got married young. I got married when I was 20, uh, and you know, I've had some of those same uh, you know conversations that you've had. And my parents, you know, uh, both of our parents, my spouse and I, are still together, and it's you know been a great heritage. That's and awesome. You know, and I have some of those same thoughts, you know, when I'm with my parents, it's like, oh, wow, yeah, you seem a little bit older than last time. And again, I don't think either of them are going anywhere anytime soon, but, you know, it's just like you're very aware that you want to, you know, take advantage of those times that you have. Yeah, totally. For, for sure. Totally. So when did you transition from the, you know, oh, I can play in church, I can do those things to maybe I want to do this in front of like a large crowd. Maybe I want to be in a rock band. Right. So I had a, a youth pastor when I was 15, it was like, hey, you're pretty, he saw me playing guitar at one point, and he was like, you're, you're pretty good, you need to be in a band, and I was like, I was like, no, man, people in bands are cool, like, <laughs> I was super nerdy growing up, so like, big old glasses, you know, like, nice, you know, always, always hand-me-down clothes. Hipster you know, before hipster. <laughs> oh, dude, I was, I was full hipster, I didn't even know it, <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, I was like, I just felt like that identity couldn't be mine, because... I felt like like I wasn't the cool kid, mm-hmm. um, and so, but I joined a bit. You know, he hooked me up with these guys that he knew that were a bit older than me, and and 
they were like, oh, you're a pretty good guitar player. Like, uh, so they let me join the band even though I was younger and nerdier. And, uh, and I feel like that was like my first taste of like, oh, like maybe I'm not just the, like, the ugly duckling, you know? Like maybe I'm not the little like nerdy kid. Maybe, maybe I can be something more. And I think it was my, my first little confidence booster headed toward adulthood where like, you know, it's like, hey, you know, like grow and learn and become more confident. And, and um, so like getting into being in a band was a big part of me kind of growing up and growing in confidence. And you didn't start uh, with Hawk Nelson. Like they had started, I think, Letters to the President uh, before you. But then from the second so album in, on, how yeah, did that like happen? I was, I was in a few other bands and then I did a few things on my own. Uh, and then, uh, I really knew the Hawk guys when they were starting as like a local band and they were actually going under a different name, which was what, and, uh, they were going under the name reason being. Okay. And, uh, so then they got signed and they, they changed the name. Well, no, they changed the name to Hawk first and then they got signed and then they, they did, uh, this album letters to the president and right as soon as they started touring it. Um, the guitar player had just gotten married and I think he had thought that like, Oh, we got signed. We got a record deal. Like we've made it. And then he learned that like, that's when you like start. That's when the work (laughs) starts. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so he, uh, so I think it was just too much for him to be newly married and be on the road. Oh yeah. That's a, and that's an understandable story. And it's a common one. I think too, is your eyes kind of open to what it's really like to be a touring artist and you're like i don't know that this is the path for me yeah no it's not it's not a glamorous thing especially at that level right um like so so he left and i joined uh and so it was just a couple months after the first record came out so every once in a while people ask me you know are you original and i'm like kind of (laughs) let's just say yes i mean like technically no but (laughs) i mean i mean but you were the the guitar around for the band's been around for like 14 years and i've been in it for 13 so 13 and a half or something yeah (laughs) 13.8 years (laughs) yeah so um so yeah that was 2004 2004 yeah somewhere around there and then but was it was it strange for you to step into like a singing role yeah after jason left tell us a little bit about that process that was a way crazier thing than joining like joining it was like i I felt like i was still in my element i knew what i was doing you know uh, yeah, 2012, Jason, our old singer, he left the band and, and we kind of, I'm not going to say we saw it coming cause we didn't totally, but we knew there were internal issues that we were just having trouble resolving you know, yeah. for several years and nobody was really having a good time. Uh, which and, is never and, fun. You know, yeah. Candidly, I, I really feel like it shows on the last couple albums we did together. Like we just didn't have a clear direction. We didn't know where we were going or what we were doing. So, um, uh, he left the band and we started looking for another singer, but we weren't sure that that was even going to work. Like we were pretty far down the road mentally of like, okay, this is probably over. Um, and we were mentally moving on to other things. And, and then Bart from, from mercy me, he kind of, encouraged me he's like you need to be the singer and i was like that's a terrible idea like (laughs) like because we were you know kind of a pop punk band and that's so not me at all like i can play the role as the guitar player in that but like i'm not i can't be the singer in that situation right um and i said i said that and he was like well maybe you can like give yourselves the latitude to grow and change and be something different and i was like well that sounds exciting (laughs) And so I told the guys that he had that idea, and the guys were all like, yeah, okay. Were you surprised uh, that they were open to it? Like, were you thinking they were going to be like, well, maybe not? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Like, when I told them, I was paying very close attention to their facial expressions. Because I knew no no matter what they said, their faces would tell all, you know. Um, In in your mind, because that's twice now you've mentioned that there was somebody that spoke into you and said, you should do this. and And you were like... I don't know that I'm equipped for yep. that, you know? And then you're like hoping that your band is going to go, yeah, it's a terrible idea. And you can go, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was terrible. But I really, was like, oh, I guess we got to do this now. <laughs> yeah. But then they're like, cool, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. I guess like the, you know, both of those experiences were, um, 
And thanks for tying those two together. I actually have never done that. Uh, I've never thought about those two things as being connected, but they really are. Uh, I, both of those experiences taught me that so much more is possible than you think, and God is capable of using you in ways that you can't even imagine. Um, and 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 maybe just to remember that, like our imaginations are pretty small and limited, um, and God's imagination is huge. He sees and, things from such a different perspective, and mm-hmm. two people chose to say those things to you. So it's not yeah, just and, you and believing it yourself. Other, yeah, so but, like other yeah. people might see things that you don't see, you know. And choose to speak. And that's, yeah, yeah, that's a reminder to us as well that, you know, I think sometimes we choose not to say those things even when yeah. we think them or they hit us. And a reminder that, you know. Speak. That, that God does use other people to speak oh, into yeah. our lives. So Oh, yeah. I mean, that was the basis of our song, Words. Because we had realized that, like, a little bit of encouragement can sometimes, in a critical moment, um, you know, change the course of somebody's life. And that was definitely the case for me. And that's the one um, that uh, he joined you on, right? Yeah, yeah. It was actually because of that conversation. We were like, we were like, hey, so this whole me being the singer of the band thing, this is, this is your fault. So, uh, so, so you're going to need to come and sing on this song with me. And, and, uh, and he was gracious enough to do that. How have you, um, in that shift that happened between Jason and you in the style of the band changing quite a bit and evolving quite a bit, how did you surf the waves of, you know, critical slash audience, uh, response to that? You know, how did that go for you guys? Um, I, I think it was like 95% positive and like most people were super encouraging. Of course, you're going to have the occasional, um, hater mm-hmm. but but uh my philosophy has become uh really like i don't read itunes reviews of our albums i don't i don't really read our reviews at all honestly i'm with you um, on that well i just found that like it could be 95 percent positive but the five percent negative i would focus in on and i would dwell on and i would let that you know get to me that is that's what when you were talking earlier about uh, perspective of your dad being a pastor and, you know, the the haters of the church or whatever, that it does. It gets so loud sometimes that even if it's the tiny little minority. Yeah. You know? So so I just stuff is um, there's a circle of people in my life who their opinion matters. And, and then they they have a seat at the table, uh, uh, you know, in my life. Um, and it's a small group. It's my family. It's the guys in the band. It's you Aaron know, and our A&R guy at the record label because <laughs> what's that? I said it's Aaron and Danae. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but you know, like when it comes to making the Hawk albums, you know, like the guys at the record label, they have a seat. At, you know, their opinion matters. Um, and, and then you know, people that were close to other bands, you know, I, I take seriously their feedback on things. Um, but other than that, I'm like. I don't answer to reviewers, you know, like they don't, they don't get to tell me what the value of my work is. You know, Um, I, I hear that a lot from, I listen to several, you know, different kinds of podcasts and those kind of things. And some of them are with comedians. And I hear that from a lot of the comedians as well as, you know, I just don't ever, you know, read Twitter responses, read reviews, those kind of things. I hear that from directors and actors, you know, in the movie podcasts that I listen to. And I just think maybe there's something wrong with me because I do like I I like to read like every single comment about, you know, I don't know if that's like a narcissism, you know, that I have no. or something. But it's just like and, and I find the negative comments really spur me on in an interesting way. And I don't in know if I'm just positive way. Yeah, in a positive way. And I don't know yeah. if I'm if I'm built differently. Like I'm able to see I you think might be the ones that are like, you know, well, pfft you're obviously not paying attention or, you know, you're stuck on something that, you know, I don't necessarily need to focus on. But um, I don't know. It's it's interesting for me because I do find encouragement in that stuff sometimes. But I think I'm just different a little bit. I like to engage. I don't, you know, like wall myself out up, you know, completely. It's more that like um, I like to engage with people on like Twitter or like on social, like engage with individuals rather than like I feel like if I read a review, it's more about my work. Oh, that's a good. That's a good distinction. And yeah, I like that. I feel like I like to separate. Like, I want to find my value in who I am, not in what I produce. Right. That's so, so good. Uh, yeah, I like that. 
And so I like engaging with people and like, be, you know, being the lead singer of Hawk Nelson is part of who I am. And so like, I like engaging with people on that level. Um, but, you know, when it comes to like iTunes reviews, for instance, like just for me personally, no good is going to come from me reading those. Yeah. Um, because I will focus on the one negative thing and my my response to that will not be like, oh, yeah, he's got a... You know, maybe I could glean something from that and like do better. That's not going to be my response. Sure. My response is going to be like, you know, like, well, I, I probably shouldn't say what my response would be. But <laughs> Well, I know the response. The response is, oh, yeah, man, I so, like, suck. That's the response. I guess just like I, I know myself. I think self-awareness is a big deal. And so like I know myself well enough to know uh, that that's just not necessary in my life um, I, I think that's healthy for those things no i, I think, think that's so too. really really healthy other people might be able to respond to it in a healthier way i just i just know i would <laughs> and Aaron, i think you are healthy too because like you said it's who you're made to be i think so yeah. i i'm more like you john and um i'm thankful to work with someone like you Aaron, because i can kind of like ground into mm. you know somebody else who's able to spin it positively and it doesn't, you know, hit me as much because I'm, I'm still kind of in that phase of like, you're talking about like separating who I am, Danae, the individual from the various products that we put out here on the show. You yeah. Know? Cause you've got a podcast episode you that goes are not out your work. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for mm-hmm. saying that, John. Thank you. <laughs> I receive that as truth. <laughs> I have a random question for you. Um, Sure. And there's probably other questions we should be asking because... Eh, it's just a conversation. You know how we do it. Yeah, We are very random. Yes. We have normal... I love it. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, do you feel like... Because I feel like um, one of the things that God's really been pressing into me as... Because we're all public figures at this table yeah. in, in some, some sense. Mm-hmm. And people listen to us and they receive guidance from us. So I've been really contemplating like the shepherd and things like that. Do you feel like you're kind of like the shepherd of many and like a pastor of sorts because you have such a big platform and you're influencing not just people with your music, but when they listen to a podcast like this and hear your heart and Mm -hmm. yeah, do you feel that? Uh, You know, it's funny. I talk about this sometimes. I think about it a lot. Uh, When my dad was, Going, when when our church growing up was going through a hard moment and there was a lot of like vitriol thrown at my dad, um, like I remember saying to God, I remember being like, okay, God, I will go anywhere you want me to go and I will do anything you want me to do except be a pastor. <laughs> I remember saying that like very unequivocally and I, I'm sure he was laughing and he's like, uh, I know how to sneak you in the back door, dude. <laughs> So, like, you know, I feel like I have avoided it for a long time. Um, But I feel like, I feel like, I doubt that I'll ever officially be a pastor. I mean, who knows? God can do what he wants to do, and I will follow. But um, I, I have more of a passion for people who love God or, or know of God, but who feel burned by the institution of church, you know? And so, like, my cousin and I who live, my cousin uh, lives down the street from me, actually. He's married to my wife's sister. Oh, cool. It's another story. <laughs> but uh, totally legit. Um, Keep it all in the family, John. Keep it all yeah, in the family. But, but he and I both have, when we talk about, like, starting, starting a church in, like, like, restaurants or coffee shops or, like, there's a lot of microbreweries around here. So, like, mm-hmm. starting, starting a, and, and, like, and people love like checking out breweries. And so like, what if we started like, what if we started going and like starting like men's groups in those places and stuff like that, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know, just, I'm really passionate for, for people who uh, are on the fringes and who love God, but who don't know where their place is, you know? And like, I want them to know that like, that like living a life with God and, and knowing Jesus Look, look so many different ways and they have a place you know they're not uh they're not left out because they don't feel like they look like everybody else you know have you ever been uh around somebody when they're listening to something and they look like they're agreeing with it so much that they're going to jump out of their skin uh that's what that's what i'm experiencing right now with danae she is so on the same page as you right awesome. now and that is awesome that is a huge huge proponent proponent of of my passion mm-hmm 
um, because I did not want to be a Christian at all. Uh, Mm -hmm. And when it happened, it was like, well, it was life changing as always, but it was definitely like, oh man, (laughs) oh man, now I'm going to be lumped in with those guys. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Because I I have the similar spurred, spurned by um, Mm -hmm. church stories and, and there's something very real to that. And I definitely, um, I definitely feel that same kind of calling and it's interesting because we're the similar age too. And I feel like it's mm -hmm. our, it's like our shift. And so it's interesting to talk to you going on for sure. I mean, you know, you read the articles, millennials leaving churches in droves, you know? Uh, But I mean, so just to be super clear, like I have absolutely nothing against the church or people that, that go, you know, or that like this, you know, this sort of more traditional way of, of, of doing things like, my thing is that, like, I feel passionate to reach people who are not, who who don't feel comfortable in that environment. Um, and I, it's my hope that, like, I'm not looking to replace the way that, that other people are doing it. I'm looking to add, you know, like, I'm, I want to find those people. Like, I, you know, You're- my brother-in-law had a birthday party and uh, invite, invited one of these guys. He works at Costco. He invited one of his coworkers. And, uh... And I met this guy, and uh, he he had been to church kind of a little bit when he was younger, and he had, he knew who Hawk Nelson was, so he freaked out. He was like, "Wait, you're in Hawk Nelson?" Like, and and we talked for like an hour, and he was at the end of it. He's like, "You know, dude, I've, I'm I'm an atheist, uh, but I've really enjoyed talking to you about like about God." And I'm just I'm just like in my head, I'm like, "You're not an atheist." <laughs> uh, <laughs> But like he, you know, like people like him, he just like, and I can tell from talking to him, like he does actually believe in God. He just really has a hard time with the Christ, the Christian label. Yeah. And yeah, you know, like I don't know. I would love, I would love if if God would grow my life into a situation where I can be a pastor to people like that. I think you, you know? already are. Yeah, I think you're there, man. And and again, it's something we're so passionate about here. We do a. A segment of our podcast called No Label Safe, and we'll have somebody on who feels labeled by the church, you know, as an atheist or a homosexual or, you know, whatever. And we'll just have open dialogue, fun, open yeah. fun dialogue conversations yeah. just about no their experience. Yeah, no agenda. We're not trying to get them saved or, you know, pray Jesus into them. Um, we're just having good conversation. And it goes the other way, too. We've, we've talked to, you know, mega church pastors, you know, what it's like to be labeled a mm-hmm. mega church pastor, that kind of stuff. Um, well, and also, I also think it's important to approach all this stuff with some humility because, exactly. Like, like, so, uh, you know, in our, when we were living in LA, I mean, we have friends of all, from all different kinds of friends and, um, you know, like a, a few of my gay friends there, like, I remember being like, wow, I, I actually have things to learn here. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and not just going like, how, how can I, how can I gently seep my Christianity into this person, you know? Right. Uh, but but go, realizing that it's a two-way street and, and going, oh, like, the, like I, you know, I have gay friends that I feel like have have taught me things about courage and um, vulnerability and, 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 you know, and going, wow, like, just because someone's not a Christian or not living the lifestyle that I live doesn't mean that God can't use them to teach me something. Exactly. And that's, yeah, that's the spirit you have to approach it with. Otherwise, we're going to consider, you know, keep finding ourselves in this dichotomous, you know, us versus them world where nobody, nobody has any kind of contact with each other because they think there's no hope in having a conversation. Yeah. Like the minute you start talking down or putting yourself above other people, it's over. Yeah. You know, that is not, I mean, that's not how Jesus worked, dude. He, I mean, like he served like the woman at the well. I mean, like it, Wash the feet of his disciples. I'm just like, dude was a servant. I mean, yeah, he was he was constantly trying to show uh, show us how to live through his actions, and um, you know. And we're back to the you theology it, talk. We can't help it. We can't help <laughs> it. No, it's good. It's I think good. The common I denominator, I feel, uh, is that we're all very passionate about you know our our message where God has us. Yeah. And I'm excited because I feel that what we're doing, whether we're creating music or creating, you know, content for people to listen to or whatever Mm -hmm. we do, as long as we're doing what we've been called to do, which is what we're about right now, 
um, God will use it in his way. We've just got well, a- the thing that the thing that gets me super pumped is that the more that I the more I think I like get glimpses of what grace is and like what it means to be saved by it, the more I'm like, wait a minute, like there's actually less there's more freedom than I thought there was, not less. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Like Which being is a really Christian exciting. It doesn't mean less freedom, it means more. <laughs> it does. And it also means um potentially and oftentimes coming against somebody else's version of what their freedom means, which means you kind of have to defend yourself and you def- defend your freedom and your right to be who you are. And I think we can develop a language that ties us all together and the compartmentalized Christianity that has been a part of our history as far as religion for a long, long time. Uh, these are the kinds of conversations that we safely have where we uh, humbly communicate and we um, respect each other. I think these are the kinds of conversations that are going to be that common thread through those compartments. Mm-hmm. And then it's just going to be a nice dissolving into that oneness. That's a nice metaphor. Because the unity is what we're called to try to achieve. Can we call that like the quilt metaphor? Okay. You know, like the all, quilt these, metaphor. all these different uh-huh. things being threaded, you know, together to be, you know, a seamless whole. Like a- As long as at the end of the metaphor, we're all able to just do some sort of worldwide you know, everybody get under the covers and <laughs> like, not, not like a creepy like way, you, not a creepy like, way. Like you did with the parachute in yeah. elementary school oh, where man, everybody got under fun. the parachute. Yeah, I get it. I, I totally that. get it. We're yeah. having too much even fun. In Can- we did that even that, even in Canada, we did that. That's a worldwide See? phenomenon right there. Parachutes. Well, we've More just, people need them. We've just got about uh, just a few minutes left. And before we yeah. get to kind of what you, you know, what you're up to now with Hawk Nelson and what's kind of on the horizon, I did want one thing we love to do when we have people on, we call these shoe reviews by the way because the podcast is called shoe the dough uh which is a spoonerism for do the show uh and oh, there so, we go. so before uh in these sh- uh, shoe reviews one of the things we like to ask people about is something outside of what generally p- p- uh, people think about what you do so for instance you know you're sure. a musician and generally that's what people that's are going to ask you about one of your many labels exactly sure. and so what is something like what do you get passionate about outside of you know being in Hawk Nelson and doing music and that kind of stuff. Like what excites you? Here's another way to ask um, that question too. Uh, I liked how you asked it when we talked to Andrew Peterson, if you could do a podcast on something. Oh, that's right. Yeah. What podcast would you do? Because yeah. What it, would your podcast oh, be? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, well that, that changes my answer a little bit. Um, <laughs> All right. We'll go both ways. That's I, fine. I've been getting, I've been getting really into surfing recently. Wow. Um, that's but, terrifying. Uh, Hanging out with the Switchfoot guys. Are you? Uh, I haven't gone surfing with them, but we have played shows together, but um, I don't know that I, I would feel knowledgeable enough to do a podcast on it. Sure. Um, no, you don't understand. Anybody can do a podcast. <laughs> yeah. right. You don't have to know anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely, I mentioned it earlier, but I've been doing a lot more filmmaking recently and uh, and I'm, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. I think that when I'm, when I get older and someday when I want to stop touring, uh, I think that'll probably be the thing that I do. Now, do you want to go into like narrative film? Like, you know, you want to make movies? My, I think my passion is doc, uh, like documentary. Okay. Um, so I think the bridge for me is going to be um, after, after you know, whenever I'm done being in a band, like I think maybe doing documentary work for artists. Um, honestly, what I'd really love to do is documentary work for nonprofits uh, uh, overseas. I think I would I would really really love to do that. Um, that sounds cool. And I think I think I'd be good at it. If you need a good uh, voiceover, Aaron Aaron does a really good uh, like oh, movie voice. Oh, you thing. do. Have the, you have good <laughs> yeah. voice. I mean, I do some voiceover, but I don't do like movie trailers. Do the live from the bunker thing. Do it. Do it. Live. In a world live from the bunker in the heart of the Ozarks. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. In a world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's good stuff. No, that's great stuff. You I'm, could do a documentary on surfing too. There you go. Just so you an com- idea. Combine the two. Little zippity yeah, do. That'd be rad. I think there's been a few documentaries on surfing. Oh, I don't yeah. think it would Fading be an West. original. But GoPro, mm-hmm. waterproof GoPro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, with a tracking drone. I do have a drone. You do? See, so you're yeah, already and set. I've used it quite a bit. Yeah. That's fun. Do you find like because there have been a lot of restrictions placed on drones recently? Like, are you finding it harder um, to know? There where actually you're supposed- was just a law place, a law passed that actually eases restrictions. Oh, quite nice. A bit. Um, and then on top of that, literally, when you're out flying, 
nobody knows what the laws are. Like even the police officers, <laughs> like they don't know what the laws are. So like, you're just like, a new no, thing. I'm good. I'm good. Don't they worry don't about me. They don't know what to do with it. I keep expecting like I'm going to be flying and someone's going to come up to me be really mad about it. And every time someone approaches me, I'm like, oh, here we go. And every single time they're like, dude, that's cool. <laughs> or so, hey, can I get a selfie with that thing? Could you? Yeah, could I you avoid fly? airports. Um, that's, good. that's a good idea. That's good, good idea. Good yeah, idea. Other than that, uh, other than that, I, I kind of just I just. Government facilities. I, I, Avoid government facilities. I err on the side idea. of asking for forgiveness rather than permission. So we had a a drone flying around our fireworks display, our city fireworks yep. display uh, this year, and somebody just somebody's drone was up there, and you could see its little light blinking, and yep. the crowd started rooting for it to get hit by fireworks, like it was a, yeah. like some I sort of video game. Fourth of July fireworks. I flew mine into the fireworks. The How was day. the footage? Did it come it out? It was okay. Uh. Um, it it it. You know, I don't know what I, I just don't know what the application of it is. Like, I don't know what I'm going to use it for. I think pretty like, much it's just nothing. ooh, cool. I think <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah, I might the use it. I do a lot of like post weird post production stuff where I use all kinds of layers and tri- like nice. just effect footage out. So I might use it for that. Actually, that makes me think of do a you project ha- I'm doing right now. Do you have any uh, videos that you've you know been producing or whatever that yeah people that you want to send people to? Yeah. Um, uh, if if people go to breaktideservices.com, that's my company. Very cool. So you have some like demos there and some samples there. And uh, kind of yeah, stuff. I have some stuff. And then like uh, if you want to see a drone one, uh, I did the, the lyric video for 10th Avenue North's new single. Oh, nice. um, it's called What You Want. And so basically I just shot a bunch of uh, footage in the Joshua Tree Desert. And uh, and then I I... I in post, I put lyrics in into each of the shots, so you feel like you're flying around the lyrics. And stuff. Oh, cool! Nicely yeah. done, man. Is that a cool. on BreakTideServices dot uh, com? Is that main picture one you took from your drone? It is. That is so yep. rad. I mean, yeah, I, everything everything on there is stuff I, I, I've I've taken. Yeah, Very that's cool. a really great shot. Well, tell I, us. Uh... I am terrified for you <laughs> because you're on the water. And I don't know if you know about this, but there's this creature called a shark. So I just, yeah. I'm going to be praying for you, yeah. man. <laughs> I have never met somebody uh, landlocked like Danae that, that is so afraid of sharks. Like you have, yeah, that's no, interesting. You have no reference point. <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, um, Lord, help me. Well, where else Where else can uh, people check you out? What's going on right now with Hawk Nelson? Like yeah, what else do you want to promote? Plug yourself. Well, yeah. we're... we're we're going out with 10th Avenue North this fall, uh, and we we toured with them in the spring, and it was so awesome. We just wanted to keep the party going, so we're uh, we're doing some shows with them, and then we're going to Norway and Finland in November. Nice. Uh, and then we're going uh, out doing two weeks in December with Newsboys. Um, so we're kind of all over the place this fall, and then uh, we have a new single called "Live Like You're Loved" that um, is going to radio uh, in just a few weeks. And uh, it's from Diamonds, so it's, it's the third single from that album. And then we're just kind of starting the process on a new one. So uh, 2017, there'll be there'll be new music from. Very out. cool. Well, when you hit Scandinavia on your tour, make sure you take your drone because you can get some good oh, footage of the fjords. 100%. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be amazing. That sounds really exciting. So if they wanted to go find, you know, your touring information for Hawk yeah, Nelson, I mean, HawkNelson.com is an easy place to go. Uh, but we're also on social media, so like Twitter at Hawk Nelson, Facebook. We're you know just search Hawk Nelson. There's not a lot of Hawk Nelsons out there, uh, so you know Instagram. We're Hawk Nelson. We're just Hawk Nelson everywhere. So no it's matter, everything uh, Hawk Nelson. <laughs> everything Hawk Nelson. We're, that reminds hopefully me. If you search Hawk Nelson, it's pretty easy to find. Yeah. That reminds me of the documentary that that I think uh, I should do someday. Maybe you can do it for me, um, because you said there aren't many Hawk Nelsons out there. I have the last name Dicer, and my entire childhood, uh, my entire childhood, wherever we, we would go somewhere, we'd look in the phone book to see if there were any other Dicers, and there never were. And so now that the age of the internet, I do searches like on Facebook, right? Like you know, so many yeah. people, no other Dicers other than my immediate family. Wow. So like, I like there's some sort of documentary in there on identity and on being special and in uniqueness, and like to actually do like the legit research on my last name and where it comes from and why there are none, you know, besides us. I hope you find like a secret tribe (laughs) somewhere (laughs) discovered. 
the That's dicer awesome. tribe living I'm just in hoping Papua it results, New Guinea. I'm something. just hoping it results in like, you know, some sort of inheritance that I didn't know that was try, coming my uh, way. Ancestry.com. I have. We have. We've done the family tree thing and everything, and like it's. So just, you guys wow. just suddenly appeared as this like a miracle. No, we can go back all the way to like the mid eighteen hundreds. We can trace it back, but all the branches There's die no before branch. modern day. Yeah. Whoa. Like, Are you? And you had four boys. That's right. I'm trying to you know carry You're on the name. Carrying so. on the name. <laughs> that was the whole point. That's suddenly why we had I'm four very boys. interested. Yeah, is it could be an interesting documentary. I'm just saying, like you know, it could be something. <laughs> well, awesome. you need to storyboard it because you're going to have to pitch the idea. <laughs> Because you know, true. John just doesn't do yep. favors. That's right. Show, show, show me a pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Wear a suit. <laughs> no, I'm a creative. Oh, I don't yeah. have to. We already oh, established yeah. that. Yep, I get away exactly. with anything. We established that. Love it. Now it's well, time we'll to get to your September. Spanish. Yeah, that's right. Time to get back yeah. to your Spanish lesson. Uh, si habla español. Me, si. Me gusta. Me gusta. Rojo. Yeah, me gusto. <laughs> <laughs> Danae uh, likes red. You like the color red. <laughs> me gusta rojo. What about? Uh, yeah. Me, Roja. me Roja. gusta enchilada. <laughs> mm. <laughs> me gusta enchilada roja. That's right. The red ones. Yeah. So good. <laughs> Donde están? El baño, right? El... Donde están las baños? Donde están las perros blancas? What is that? Oh, white dogs. Yeah, where are the white where dogs? Are the white dogs. <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't know. I, it's just what came to mind. I have no idea. That's awesome. That but, all came from high school Spanish. Okay, super, super, That's super, awesome. super, super quick story for you. Uh-huh. I stayed with the family. My family uh, went to Arkansas to help plant a church, and they had already been there for a while, and it was time to like lay down the foundation and you know, get some new walls on. So my dad was doing the construction work. So we were staying with a host family and I was pretending like I knew how to speak Spanish by just adding the, like an O onto the end of oh every word. That's right. hilarious. Um, I'm hungry O. Yeah, exactly. It was, it I'm was hungry upon reflection, really, really insensitive. Idea. Yes. But I was only like eight or nine. So you I'm get away with a little grace. bit. Of, yeah. That's but amazing. there was this one particular day where it was really cold outside. So I got out of the van and to the group of ladies, I said, El Burro, which <laughs> means donkey. donkey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. So they called me donkey girl the rest of the time because they didn't. Amazing. The jokes were lost on them. It was not funny to them. I was just saying donkey. Anyway. That's amazing. Okay. That's random awesome. story time. <laughs> Jonathan, thank you so much. We appreciate My pleasure, your time, man. man. Nice, nice talking to you guys. Thanks so much for shooting the dough with us today. Shoot the dough, of course, part of the Shoot the Dough podcast network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed at mixler.com slash shoot the dough. That's M I X L R.com slash shoot the dough. Also, find out more about Aaron and Danae at AaronAndDanae.com. Huge thanks to Chris Tilly for composing the intro music for Shoe the Dough. And of course, much love and gratitude to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and others on the network possible. Support starts at a buck a month and comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more at patreon.com slash shoe the dough. Also, if you know of a podcast or have a podcast idea that you'd like to see on the network, make sure and let us know. All feedback is welcome at AaronAndDanae at gmail.com. Hold on. Hello? Hi, this is Julia. Congratulations. Thanks. Your business has been pre-approved for a $250,000 small business loan. Whoa! I'm rich! Oh my goodness. And we can get your loan finalized within the next 48 hours. Oh my gosh. Aaron, do you want to redo the studio? Oh my goodness. We're, it's going to be so amazing in here. $250,000. Oh, I, I, I accidentally hung up. Crap. Oh, man. Oh, man. Now what do we do? Sorry. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.